Today on the show, I'm going to talk about how to get closeness in your relationships. I rely on the generosity of you, the listeners, to help support me and this podcast. Typically, I travel the world giving workshops and charging a fee for this. Here I am providing this content to you for free. All I ask is that you make a contribution, what you feel that you've received from the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. Whatever it is that you feel that you've gotten from the podcast, please share with me, help me uh, continue to bring you these episodes. You can go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button. And there's also a link to this in the episode description. Please help support me and the podcast. You can also visit the podcast merchandise shop on the website where I have put my quotes from my writing on different items such as coffee mugs, t-shirts, hats, uh, bags, and buy one. Help support the show this way. And it also reminds you of some of the insights that I've brought you over the many episodes. And you can also find a link to this in the episode guide or go to the storyofmepodcast.com in the merch page. And you can also visit the website to send me your questions. Send me questions, comments that you have that you would like me to cover on the program. And I'd be happy to answer those. And again, you can uh, go to the website and submit your questions. Okay, so now let's get to it. Beautiful am I Bountiful am I Blissful am I Why? Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh, and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone again. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, it seems that we have a lot going on. If you look at the media, I don't know if they've covered this in the main uh, mainstream media, but what's happening in Canada is great. We see all the people really sticking together to have a peaceful demonstration and not give up. And this is very important. And you can see how the leaders are reacting, that they're scared, and they don't know how to deal with this because any way they deal with it is going to look bad on them because it is such a peaceful protest. And you can go online to really see it if your mainstream media is not covering it and wherever you are. And this is what we really need. You know, I always see on Facebook or other social media people asking, what can I do? 
to to stop all this ridiculous uh, mandates and all these things that we see that are really not effective. We have reports coming out saying how lockdowns didn't contribute to any uh, life-saving measures and they only harm people through the the restrictions. We see that masks don't work. Maybe they work about 8 to 9%, so they're not very effective. We see the vaccines are not working. They may have worked in the beginning, but they definitely are not working now. As you look at the most vaccinated places like Israel, uh, having uh, a big surge in, in people with COVID. And you can see by studies from the UK, from Denmark, and many other places that the highest percentage of people that are being infected are the vaccinated. And this is showing you that then the vaccine passports really are not effective. And in fact, if anyone should uh, be restricted, it should be the vaccinated people since they are the dominant spreaders of this currently. And we can also see then all the harmful effects that are happening because of this vaccine. They say that the stillborn deaths and miscarriages are up a huge percentage since this vaccine started. Uh, The heart issues with athletes dropping on the on the football field or on the field wherever they are. And this is, I think they said, about 500 in the last six months. And and most of them are young, uh, you know, in their 20s or, or even teenagers. And so this is very rare. We also see that they say cancer is up and other deaths other than COVID are up considerably. And it's believed that it's because of the vaccine. And I think the long-term studies will prove that this is so. The fact that these governments are still trying to push these is uh, really scary. And, and, you know, you think in a democracy, the purpose of the government is to represent the citizens, not dominate them. And so you would think that if there are this many people protesting around the world, like we see in Canada, we see now in Australia and uh, in other places, that maybe we're not being represented. And if they're not representing us, who are they representing? Because if the majority of people are against something the government is doing, isn't it the government's role in a democracy to say, this is not what our citizens want, so why am I pushing this? But instead, they're doubling down, they're pushing even harder, and they're saying they're doing this in the name of democracy, which is ridiculous, because it isn't. They need to either change their form of government to represent what it really is, or start to participate in like a democracy. And like I said, I have many people here on on social media and actually in person also saying, well, what can I do? What can I do? And I'll tell you what you can do. You know, I've been in many countries during this lockdown or during this time period, and you can see the culture of each country and how they approach these mandates. I can tell you that I have been consistent in every country. I have not followed any of them. 
and some some of the countries it's been easy to do this, and some it's been a little more difficult. And the most difficult places that I have found to do this are Germany and Belgium. You know, in Germany, people follow rules. It's incredible how easily and how obediently people follow rules. You know, I, I do not wear a mask anywhere. And I go in the stores, I go in the public transportation, I go into cafes. And if they say anything, I refuse to put it on and I walk out and find a place that will. And so I go to supermarkets and the supermarkets I go to, they either tell me to put it on and I walk out and find one that I can go in and uh, without wearing it. And I patronize those. And the same with the cafes, with the restaurants, with everything. And the surprising thing is, I have not seen one person in a supermarket, in a cafe, in a restaurant, not wearing a mask when they're supposed to. I have been the only one in months now doing this. And if there's something you want to do, start by doing this. Start by not following the the rules. If more people stop following the rules, what can they do? And so my question is then, all these people who say, what can I do? And they do nothing. What are you afraid of? And why are you even asking? Is it, to me, it seems that you're looking to do something that's easy, that is not going to cause discomfort. And this is what people are doing is they don't want to upset their life. They don't want a difficult life, which, okay, I understand a little bit, but at what point do you start to resist? And I tell them this, that the mask is an easy thing to to re- stop wearing. And yeah, maybe one cafe is going to kick you out so you won't be able to get your your coffee or one bakery is not going to let you in so you don't get your muffins. But you you have to start finding the places that will let you in and go to these places. It may be more difficult. It may be inconvenient. But you need to start doing this. You need to start letting go of obeying these rules. The easier you make it, the more they're going to push. And this is one thing that I think is an important thing to do. And if everyone did this, it would be much easier. Then you would see the stores start to start to give in because they want business. They want to earn money. They're companies. They're, they're in it for profit. And if you refuse to wear the mask and then you refuse to go in, eventually, if enough people do this, they're going to question what they're doing. But it's really interesting how in Germany people are so obedient and they follow these rules. In Belgium, pretty much the same way. I wasn't there quite as long, but when I would go into a store, into a market without a mask, I was the only one. And I did this everywhere. I didn't wear a mask anytime when I was there. And I talked to people. They, oh, yeah, I know what's going on. And they know the false narrative, but they still follow the rules. And you have to stop following the rules. And this is a big start. And hopefully what's happening in Canada and starting to happen in Australia and what has been going on in the U.S. And this is one thing about the U.S. is that the people take these risks. They have businesses and they don't enforce the rules. 
and they're not afraid of the police coming. They're not afraid of the problems that will happen because they think their freedom is more important than the problems that are associated with not following the rules. And I know Americans tend to be a little more risk takers and they tend to be a little more assertive when it comes to their rights. But it, to me, it seems like definitely in Germany and in Belgium, the people seem a lot more passive. Well, throughout Europe, but definitely these two places. I mean, Germany, it's incredible how obedient the people are here. I've never seen anything like it. And it's quite scary if you think about the history. So I'd like to hear what you think about this. Send me a, drop me a line, uh, send me a message, go to the website, and let me hear from you. I'd like to hear your ideas of what you think we should be doing. So now on to the show for today. And I'm going to talk about something that I think is a good preparation for this time of year. You know, whether you're in a relationship or not, I think it's important for you. You know, we emphasize the ideas of relationships when it comes to uh, St. Valentine's Day or it comes to February. And we start to think about or reflect on how our relationships are going or not going. And we want more closeness in our relationships. We want to feel that we're more connected, that we have deeper relationships and that they're meaningful. And so the question becomes then how to get closeness in your relationships? How do we really learn to connect? How do we get this feeling of closeness? And this is a common problem that many, many people experience, including myself. You know, how to feel closeness, how to feel connected. And I'm not talking also in in just intimate relationships with a boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, but I'm talking in all your relationships, whether it's through the family relationships or your friendships or, or your colleagues, but all relationships, because it's important to have closeness in all these relationships. And one thing that I noticed about myself and I noticed a lot about other people when I started counseling them is that there are many people that look for this closeness, but they really don't understand it. They don't understand what is happening, that they're not achieving it. And so they may be in a group of friends or a group of of colleagues and they go out uh, with the colleagues, and then they don't feel close to them. They don't feel connected. So what do they do is they avoid these get-togethers, or they avoid uh, being with them outside of work, or they avoid contacting their friends to get together or contacting the, the people uh, that are in their life. And they do this because they don't feel this closeness, and it's a kind of way of withdrawing. And when they withdraw, they they feel more comfortable. And it's also, in in a way, kind of a a punishment to the other people for not feeling that connection, for not connecting with them. But their behavior is actually perpetuating the issue. When you withdraw, what are you doing is, is you're perpetuating the resistance to closeness. And I can tell you I'm guilty of this. And it's something that I've had to work on and and still continue to work on 
but I see this a lot in people. You know, they, oh, I don't go out with my colleagues when they all go to lunch because, yeah, I, they don't like me or they think I'm strange or, or whatever it is. And they're causing the issue that they don't like, you know, because they're resisting putting themselves out there. They're resisting this vulnerability. They're resisting being seen. And this happens in, in relationships, whether it's, it's your partner also. You know, many people move from relationship to relationship seeking this closeness, and they get frustrated with themselves or with their partner because they don't feel that they're getting this intimacy, that it's missing. And then there's people who are just searching constantly for a relationship, and they can't find it, or they keep finding partners who are not good for them. And one thing to really keep in mind is that whatever you're searching for externally is what you can't find internally. And the more people search and search for relationships, the less I think they are able to see the intimacy within. And what happens then is you start to see other people who are able to be in these relationships that exhibit this closeness, and it makes you even more discouraged because you feel that, why can't I achieve this? Is it that I'm not worth it? Is it that I'm not good enough? And then you withdraw from people so that you try to avoid rejection. But what you're really doing is you're the one who's rejecting. You're rejecting the people and, in turn, causing yourself to be rejected. And this is what's making it difficult for you to find these connections. But what we really should understand is what does it mean to have closeness in order to achieve it? First, we should define it to understand it, to get some clarity to what this closeness is, this elusive warmth of intimacy. And so we all have this natural instinct that we want to be intimate with our environment, right? We want this closeness with everything, not just people, but just everything in life. We want closeness with our, our creativity, with our expression, with our external world. This is what causes a lot of suffering is when we feel distant. We feel that we're seeing things from a, a separation, from a outside perspective. And we attempt to find this closeness, but we struggle with our connection. And we try to learn about the subject. We try to learn about the people, the person, or the situation. But still, we don't feel the satisfaction that we're looking for. And we do this even in relationships. We try to meet someone and we try to find out everything about them and we try to know them as well as possible. But yet we still feel distant from them. Why is that? What is causing this distance and how do we bridge it? So if we look at closeness, we can say closeness is an understanding. The same way we can say that judgment is a separation. Right, Judgment separates and creates a distance, and understanding creates a closeness, creates a union. 
and it is a comprehension of who or what it is that we are relating to when we achieve this closeness or this understanding. And so if this is what closeness is, it's this understanding, how do we achieve this? How do you experience this closeness? And why aren't you experiencing it? So if we say this closeness comes from understanding and separation is caused by judgment, the first thing we have to do is, like I said, is everything that you can't see internally, you look for externally. And so we need to find the internal closeness, this connection with the self. And the biggest obstacle to this is your self-judgment. And this is the obstacle to self-expression, to self-realization, to self-awareness, to love, to everything is judgment. Judgment is the thing that separates you from truth, from love, from this understanding of who you are. In order to find closeness in your relationships, you need to learn to stop judging yourself. And the first step to this is to accept, to accept who you are. When I say this, a lot of people will say, okay, I'll accept that, you know, I don't look good or that I, I do this bad or I do this in the, in the incorrect way. And all these ideas of all these things that you're saying are not who you are. This is a big problem, is that you're identifying with the false. And I've talked about this on many episodes of this false identification. So when we say to accept, to accept the true you, this spiritual being, this divine being who's here to have this experience and take away the weight that you're putting on your shoulders with this experience, saying that you're not good enough or condemning yourself because you're not doing what you think you should be doing or you're not achieving what you should be. This is all an illusion because it's all just like a dream. It's temporary. And these temporary things are not who you are. You are truth. You are love. You are creativity. You are the thing that exists beyond this life. And accept that. Yeah, sure, there are certain things you can be doing better than others, but Judging yourself and condemning yourself is not going to help the situation. It's going to make it more difficult. It's like having a window that you're trying to look at and you're throwing dirt on it. It's not going to help you see out of it. You need to clean it. You need to let go of the attachments. And these attachments of the temporary. And accept yourself. Accept the beauty within. And so this is the most difficult and the most, uh, has the most difficult aspect and it's the biggest component to learning how to achieve closeness is this acceptance, is learning to really value yourself what happens as a result of this perspective of looking at yourself with this judgment is that you don't 
speak about what's really happening with you. You don't share your feelings, or you share them in in an aggressive way or a way that's not healthy, but you're not really sharing in an authentic way. You're doing this to protect yourself, because what is it that you don't want to tell people? The things that are your fears, the things that you're afraid people see about you. This is this idea of being closed and guarded. And we do this because we don't want to expose weakness. But the truth is, being vulnerable is a sign of strength. Being closed and guarded is a sign of weakness. Because when you're closed and guarded, it's easy to cause issues, to cause problems. But when you're open and vulnerable, what more can people do? Right? And when you're open and vulnerable, you learn how to accept these feelings and you learn how to connect to other people's vulnerability and you appreciate it. And when someone is able to accept your vulnerability, this is what we call intimacy. And this is the the goal. This is what you're looking to achieve. You know, you can meet someone and and speak and ask them a million questions about themselves and know their know their entire life but if you're not sharing anything you're not connected to them because intimacy comes from sharing it's a relationship and a relationship is about sharing and the sharing comes through being open and vulnerable and so the biggest thing you can do to improve your relationships is learn how to be open and vulnerable learn how to value this Learn how to value it from other people. And you can see when you have this perspective how difficult it is for other people to do this. And the way to get close to these people is to have compassion for them and to understand that they're trying to do their best, that they may not have the tools or the knowledge to be honest and authentic and vulnerable. But it doesn't mean that you need to condemn them, that you need to uh, cause this distance, this judgment towards them and not open up. Because maybe by you opening up to them, it will give them the space to be more vulnerable. And this is power. This is power in relating. It's power in connecting to people. Go through all the relationships that you have difficulty with. And it's not easy because we're sensitive. And you see this in the most intimate relationships with the family, with close friends. It's difficult sometimes to be vulnerable and to expose your weaknesses because these are fears. But really, these weaknesses are just sensitivity to this connection of love within the self. And it's important because This intimacy only comes from sharing internal closeness. If you don't have this internal relationship, it will not manifest in your external ones. Your external relationships will be very superficial. I counsel many people, and they're in these relationships, and they say, oh, the relationship's going well. I say, well, how much closeness is in this relationship? Oh, well, we've been together a long time. We don't talk so much. And 
And so how well does this person really understand who you are? Because when we're not sharing what's really going on with us in this internal experience, yet we expect people externally to us or people close to, our, to us in our lives to understand who we are, but how can they when we're giving them a limited amount of information and expecting them to know what we won't tell them? And so if you want closeness in these relationships, learn how to express your feelings to the people around you in a nice way. Use this idea of nonviolent communication. You can go to the episode I did uh, with Simrit Carr on nonviolent communication, and you can get the book by Marshall Rosenthal. But it's very important to learn how to speak about your emotions without judgment to the people around you, to these feelings, so that you can share this this intimacy, this internal closeness, and feel more connected to them. Because this is the way to feel this closeness. But unfortunately, we have this habit of closing off to emotions we don't like. Even if you think uh, you aren't doing it, at some level you are. Your internal dialogue, whether you're conscious or unconscious of it, judges how you feel and then creates this distance by hiding it, by judging it. And this distance separates you from your emotional self. And it takes away your ability to understand. Like I said, judgment and understanding cannot coexist. It's impossible. When you judge an emotion in any way, you're removing the main purpose of it. And emotions are the key to self-awareness. When you experience an emotion, it shouldn't dictate your behavior, but it should focus your attention. It should help build a stronger connection to your internal experience, which is then represented in your external relationships. And this is how you learn to share. This is how you grow this intimate bond, this intimate connection with someone. When they're able to receive it, then you start to feel closer to them. This is where this closeness comes from. And so this external closeness you crave in relationships is really just an innate desire to love yourself. And this constant search for love and acceptance is just a projection of what you aren't getting from yourself. Because once you're able to accept yourself fully, there is no craving to experience closeness. And every interaction you have will be an expression of your authentic self. And then you will experience closeness in all your interactions. And this is intimacy. And sharing this internal experience in a authentic manner, in a open and vulnerable way. And so this is what I recommend in this week leading up to Valentine's Day is to start to practice this. You know, you can buy your partner gifts and take them out to dinner and do all these things, but try to just be with them and communicate in an authentic way. And it doesn't have to be just with your partner. It could be with your friends, with your family members, with with anyone. But try to be more authentic with the way you feel. I'm not saying that you need to be an emotional mess, but learn how to speak about what you're experiencing and how you feel. And visit this idea of nonviolent communication to help you 
developed a vocabulary in the methodology to do this in a non-confrontational way, to do it in an open way, to entice people to come closer to you. People will appreciate this vulnerability. They'll appreciate this openness you have, and this is what will bring them closer to you and help them open up as well. And it is a great tool for letting go of these past traumas and letting go of this struggle you have with yourself internally. I don't think there's anyone out there that can't work on this and improve it. And so try to do this and send me your feedback. Let me know how it's gone for you, how your Valentine's Day preparation was going and how you were able to really learn to grow this internal connection to then take it externally to the people in your life and to improve this closeness in all your relationships. Spread this internal love. Feel this internal love. Feel this connection to yourself and to those in your life. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Please try to get closeness in your relationships by learning how to be more vulnerable, to be more open. I know you can do it, and you will really feel the effects of it, and it will help bring more joy to your life. Again, please support this podcast. I rely on your generosity to help support the show. I appreciate your donations. Go to thestoryofmepodcast.com, and on the contact page, there's a donate button. You can also find a link in the episode description. But please make a donation. Help support this program. You can give what you feel that you've received from the podcast. It could be the price of a yoga class. It could be more. Whatever it is, please support the podcast. Support me, and I will continue to bring you these episodes. Okay, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. (laughs) 